part of growing and evolving and really expanding in all aspects of life, especially in your career, is leaning into what scares you the most. Hello, you are listening to the High Performance Nursing Podcast with me, Liam Caswell, where I help clinicians just like you take control of their careers and remove all the things stopping you from achieving your biggest goals. Let's dive in. Hello, beautiful people. Welcome back to the High Performance Nursing Podcast. I hope you well. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. We've got a beautiful special guest with us today, Michelle Gordon, all the way from up in Queensland. How are you going? Hello, Liam. I've been <laughs> so excited to join you on this podcast. Thank you for having me. Of course, it's been a long time coming. We've been chatting in the DMs and we finally made it happen. So let me tell you a little bit more about Michelle. So Michelle Gordon is the founder of the Health and Happiness Formula and the Healthy Happy Nurse. Michelle's passion and mission is to help free men and women from burnout and overwhelm so they can create a life they love, a life that is aligned with their goals, dreams and desires. How beautiful. That is amazing. Of course, Michelle is a nurse, an amazing nurse with over 24 years experience. So let's dive into to you and your career as we always do and kickstart at the very beginning. Tell us about your nursing career up until this point. Oh, how exciting. <laughs> yeah, it's been such a journey. I pretty much left secondary school back in the 90s because I'm super old and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah, 46 now, so I've just had a birthday, but I left school when I was finished school 18, went straight into university, studied nursing, and then went on to, to do a grad program. And I started off in a little hospital in the eastern suburbs in Melbourne, in Australia, and in medical and surgical nursing. About six months into my grad program, the facility, so the hospital was no longer a medical surgical hospital. It became an aged care facility. Mm -hmm. So all of the wards, there was maternity, there was a medical ward, surgical ward, pretty much, yeah, were wiped and became an aged care rehab facility. So six months of my grad program was in aged care where I learned a lot and I really enjoyed my time there, but I knew that wasn't where I was going to just sort of stay mm -hmm. on. So I finished up after my grad program and went on to an amazing hospital in Melbourne, which is the Austin Hospital. Mm -hmm. And I started my career in cardiothoracics. Wow. So. Yeah, so I've done cardiothoracics, coronary care. I did a critical care post-grad certification and later on went on and did some radiology nursing, interventional radiology, which I absolutely loved. I've also had some time in cosmetic and plastic surgery nursing, which was great. Wow. And then in the last eight years, emergency so an emergency department in regional Queensland. I love that. Such a diverse career. What would be one of like the main learnings that you learned about moving around and exploring and sampling different things? Because a lot of people I talk to every day are really scared of making that shift and allowing themselves to just explore. What are your insights from that? Yeah, so honestly, earlier on in my career, nursing for 24 years now, I had a huge fear around emergency departments. It used to scare the pants off me and I had a placement 
when I did my critical care course. And I think I left every shift in that six-week placement in tears because I was like, this is absolute chaos. Like, how can people do this? I will never go near an emergency department. I will never do that. And then I realized that that was, you know, my fear and part of growing and evolving and really expanding in all aspects of life, especially in your career, is leaning into what scares you the most. Oh, yes. And so (laughs) here I am, you know, with an eight-year career now in emergency nursing and I managed to work my way up, you know, through all the various areas in resus, triage, and I stopped at the clinical nurse in charge of shifts because that was just, I've done that in my previous cardiac and coronary care career and, you know, stint in nursing. And I just, I was happy to just be a worker and on the floor. So, but I think lean into the fear. Totally. Like part of the excitement is exploring and discovering what is lights you up. That's the only way you find out. What is it Brene Brown says? Yeah. and courage over comfort, leaning in, allowing yourself to go there. And what I'm starting to realize and see through coaching and NLP and working with lots of amazing people is that the reason why we don't go there is because of a feeling, right, that we're trying to avoid, which is usually fear. And like, what if we could just allow ourselves to experience the fear and do it anyway? Like there ain't no saber-toothed tiger coming today, right? (laughs) So it's so interesting when we just open ourselves up to that and just allow it. I'm curious. I'm not sure if we've had an emergency clinician on the podcast. So let's, I could be wrong, but I'm thinking 71 episodes. I don't think we have. So tell us a little bit more about a day in the life of an emergency nurse and what that kind of looks like for people that are thinking, I really want to be in an emergency. Yeah. So emergency is a place where you just have to allow all of the things to happen and allow all the fear in, allow, you know, it's a space where you just can't make it up. You cannot make this stuff up. What comes in, what happened, the conversations you have, the people you are treating. It's honestly such a fast paced environment and it really did take me a long while to sort of embrace that because I was very much set in my way of being super organized and being in control and you know nursing and as a clinician that way I loved you know my time management was impeccable and I was on top of all of my drugs and you know all of these things you just don't have that in emergency Mm. it is chaotic it's fast-paced and it's super fun. And for someone who is extroverted and loves people and busyness and just being amongst it all, it's a great place to be. So I've really enjoyed it and I've learned so much, especially in a regional department. And it's honestly been where I've honed in a lot of my skills, my assessment skills especially, and really learned to trust myself as a clinician as well and really lean into knowing that, you know, I know my stuff and I've got so much history to, I guess, draw from Mm. that, yeah. But for a while there, look, it did unsettle me Mm. and it did take a little while for me to embrace the chaos. So. (laughs) 
I think the chaos is what attracts a lot of people, right? Like, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like a lot of people look at ED in critical care and they think, oh my goodness, I want to be an ED clinician. I want to be in amongst it. I want to be in recess. I want to be in the cardiac arrest. And I think that a lot of people aspire to have that in their career. But then there's also a handful of those people that get to ED and then they crap their pants a little bit in the sense that they realize that it's totally misaligned with what they actually need and want from their career. How important do you think it is for people to understand who they are at their core before they come to work in an emergency department? Yeah, look, if you don't know beforehand, before you get to ED, you're soon going to find out. (laughs) You're going to know soon enough. And the conversations with my client in my business, the Healthy Happy Nurse, and I've worked with a few nurses from my emergency department. And it's having that self-awareness and having this, you know, being coached and investing in a coach really opened themselves up to sort of look at, is this really aligned for me? Or am I trying to push myself into something that I don't enjoy, that doesn't feel good for me, that is something that I feel like I have to do? Mm. And there was a couple of my clients that decided after they went through their journey of self-discovery and personal development that, no, ED is actually not for them and that's okay. Totally. So, Yeah. yeah, I think. It's such an important realization for people to have, especially when there's a lot of outside noise, right? Where people are like, no, you've got to do med surgery. You've got to go into an acute care specialty to build your career, to get to X, Y, and Z. And like yourself, I see it all the time where people are so misaligned. They're burnt out. They're wondering why as an introvert (laughs) that they're really struggling in the emergency department. And the reason is, is because you're an introvert and it doesn't align with what you want and need from your life and your career. And we're here to tell people and help them see that no one has to do anything. You know, they get to decide every time. It's your rego, it's your career, you get to pick and choose. And what a beautiful way to do that from an empowered self-discovery space where you understand and know who you are at your core. So, so valuable. Yeah, and I think... For me, you know, around the year that I did my certificate in intensive cardiac nursing, I had a belief that a real nurse was an ICU nurse or an ED nurse. Like that was my limiting belief, that you weren't a real nurse unless you worked in these high-paced environments like, you know, the critical care area. And that's not true. That's not true. And so I pushed myself right through those areas, I really didn't like intensive care nursing. And yet I continued to push myself. And look, again, I learned so much. I developed my skills. But when I sort of allowed myself to sit back and really take a look at, you know, why was I doing it? It was coming from, you know, that limiting belief. So Mm. whilst I think It's so great having that self-awareness and leaning into your fears. If you're not enjoying it and if it's burning you out, then take a look at what, you know, what is probably more aligned. Yeah, I love that. I love that awareness of like what thoughts are you having about your career? Like what stories are you running that you believe are 100% true? And like, how are they serving you? 
moving forward towards your goal? And is it going to get you to where you want to be? Or are you living someone else's truth? And I we see that all the time, right? Where a large portion of the industry, I would argue and say a large portion of the industry is probably misaligned because we just kind of go in and we get placed by some random stranger as a graduate. And they say, you're going to go here and here and we don't know anything about you. And then from there, you build your career on that. What I would say is like an unstable foundation, really. Because without the fundamentals of who you are and what lights you up, you know, no wonder we have the kind of burnout that we have. And then add on top of that, the identity shifts that we have as we move throughout our career. You know, you become a mum, you become yeah. a dad, you move into state, you move internationally, and we don't really stop reflect and then reassess and realign so i love that you brought that up and how interesting that your brain offered that thought and you then stopped and thought wow like this is stopping me from doing what i actually want to be doing yeah so pretty much after my intensive care stint my quick care course i went and took a year off and went and worked for a cosmetic and plastic surgeon Mm. (laughs) and really switched it up so i felt like i needed something that was so far removed from what I had just studied in, Mm. but it just gave me that chance to sort of reflect and take a step back Mm. and, yeah, it's great. Amazing. Now, I know that a lot of the work that you do is around burnout. You do lots of amazing things and you guys need to go and follow Michelle on all the socials. Share them all in in the bio, in the link below, in in the notes. But tell us a little bit more about why burnout and preventing burnout or freeing men and women from burnout and overwhelm is so important to you. Yeah, honestly, Liam, from my own journey through burnout and I hit rock bottom back between 2016 and 2018. And again, I had maybe number three, dived right back into to nursing when she was 10 months old and my husband had started a business at the time. So financially, we were in a bit of a situation. And I just went all in to try and you know, fix the situation that we're in. And I just got into this rut of fear and lack and scarcity. And I forgot about me. Mm. So um, I was too busy caring for everyone else, my family and my patients and making sure everyone else was okay. And I burnt out. And I started to drink, Mm. to drink wine of the nighttime to cope. It would like what started off as one glass and then two glasses of an evening soon became like a bottle Mm. each night. Like I was working in emergency, I'd come home and I'd drink and obviously I would show up to work sober and do my work. But behind closed doors, I was felt so broken. Mm. And I know what it was like for me in that space. And I now know sort of journeying through to living the life that I'm living now, that was really scary. Mm -hmm. And I've been able to help people through my own journey. And, you know, every day I get messages, oh, my gosh, your story is so similar to mine. Oh, my gosh, I found your podcast. Oh, my gosh, I read one of your posts. So I know that there's people Mm -hmm. out there that are silently struggling through burnout. And if I can help them, you know, make one small change in their life 
or make a shift, then yeah, that just lights me up now. Mm. It's like my passion. Yeah, it's amazing. And <laughs> yeah. to come from that lived experience is so, so valuable, you know, and I often ask people to like really think about what burnout gave them. Cause we often talk about like what burnout took away from us and like what we lost because of burnout. But I think you and I would probably agree that we're both here today because of burnout. And I always, even though I don't say to people, go out and actively seek it, you know, it is like an an inevitable factor in our industry at the moment. Burnout is almost like it's like going to happen. It's just a matter of like if and when. What are your thoughts on that? So my thoughts on that is yes, like our, you know, career is renowned, you know, for burnout (laughs) and there's so much hype especially since COVID around burnout and staff shortages and all of the things, it's inevitable, I guess, at some stage. And the conversations I have with nurses that, you know, reach out to me or, you know, on Instagram and through my own workplace, yeah, that they're suffering. And there's almost a requirement to pick up the slack with where we're at now in terms of you know, staffing Mm. and numbers and nurses on the floor that that's just what we do. We just keep, you know, it's kind of a shift to shift thing and who can stay back and who can Mm. do some overtime and who can do extras. And that, you know, is half the problem that's burning everyone out. Yeah. Yeah. There's like an unspoken truth, hey, that, or like unspoken rule that we've all got to just mark in. And if you don't, there's such fear. Like people message me every couple of days saying, hey, Liam, I've been asked to do this and I don't want to do it. How do I say no? And, you know, there's this real lack of ability or, you know, self-trust and self-belief to just know what is right and best for you. And I think that the system does play on the fact that we give more than we take. Right, like we give so Absolutely. much to our patients, to our ward, to our hospital, to our numb, to our educator, and we don't really get a great deal back. And you know, it's not why most of us came into the profession, but as a human, like we do need something like back. Yeah. We do need to receive something other than just a, a paycheck, you know, to help us move forward and to you know really lean into why we're doing what we're doing. I think that's where a lot of us are getting misaligned and burnt out is because we've kind of lost that connection to why it is we turn up every day, especially in the current climate. And then, you know, I know for me, I started really resenting my career and I just thought, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? Mm -hmm. It's just, yeah, the money's great. But I was starting to dread, you know, I was one of those nurses that would sit in the car park and be in tears before my shift Mm. and I'd have that sense of anxiety driving to work. I would feel sick. I'd almost have a panic attack about starting work and then thinking about I've got seven in a row. How am I going to do this for seven days? Show up, save lives, you know, care for my patients, be a team member and support my colleagues And yeah, it's got to stop. So this is honestly why I feel so passionate about, you know, supporting nurses and just guiding them through if they're at that rock bottom stage to make some different choices and to sort of take a step back and really have a good look at, you know, where they're at and where they want to go, you know, where they're at. Because it kind of happens without you even knowing it. All of a sudden you're in this state. And the nurses that I work with, they're like, I'm in a rut. I've just been stuck. It's been two years, you know. 
So yeah, I can totally relate to that. And I've talked about burnout a lot on the podcast. I think I burnt out three times that I'm super conscious of. And the last time that that happened, I was in Canberra in like a nurse unit manager slash educator. Like I was jumping between the two in acute medicine and I put so much weight on. I put like, I'm not kidding you, I put like five to 10 kilos on. I was overeating. My weekends were lost. I was more anxious than I've ever been. I never even knew that I had anxiety. Like I was just sweaty palms all the time. I would be in the shower before I'd go into work and I would be rehearsing conversations ahead of time. Sounds crazy, (laughs) but I would be rehearsing it ahead of time because I'd be having like a difficult conversation with a staff member and I'd be thinking, oh my God, the person's going to blow up. They're going to blow And, you know, of course, ill-equipped nurse unit manager, I didn't know really what the heck I was doing because, I mean, who teaches you this stuff, right? So trying to navigate all of that and then my relationship with my partner was breaking down. All of the things just from burnout. And it actually was really interesting because it took my partner, Luke, to turn around to me and I was actually in Fiji on my master's bloody internship thing, which was amazing. But I was across there and I was having a meltdown. (laughs) I was having an actual meltdown in Fiji on my own because I couldn't do my epidemiology program, like my uh, module. And I was like, this is too hard. It's in the too hard. And I had a full blown meltdown. And he said, I think you need to see somebody. I think you need some help, you know? And that was like a pivotal moment for me to go, oh my God, I do need help. Like, this is not healthy. This is not normal. And of course, my brain was like, Liam, you're broken. You're going to be fixed. All of the things that our beautiful primitive brain offers us, I believed Mm -hmm. it all to be true. And then came back and dove into some therapy and some coaching. And, you know, it was the start of like the rebirth and like coming up from that rock bottom place. So anybody that's listening and that's experiencing this at the moment, like it feels shitty. (laughs) It feels horrible, Mm -hmm. but there is a way out. Totally. There's a way out. And it just begins with you taking a bit of action or seeing all those little nudges that are happening around you to just take that first step towards looking after yourself. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I love that Mm -hmm. story. I, I have heard you share that, that you had experienced burnout three times and I think the more that you're aware and you have that increased self-awareness it is honestly you know like for me it was a two-year period of oh look I honestly thought I was going to die Mm. I honestly thought I was going to drink myself to death Liam like that's how bad I was and I thought oh how are the kids going to be you know like I I just Mm. had these horrible thoughts and you know no one should feel like that and this is a thing in our career and this is why you do what you do and Mm. I do what I do is to help people out there you know give them a space where they can journey through out the other side because it's I guess it's not offered or we're not you know shown this even throughout my 20 year (laughs) career it's (laughs) You know, let's talk about self-care, but do we all do it? No. Yeah. It's so interesting. Hey, and for everybody listening that's, you know, we're talking about over drinking, overeating, you know, there's so many different overings that you could be doing. And we're not saying that that is a, a buffer or like an escape, but maybe just get super curious with yourself and just be like, even like over shopping. Like I used to go into the town and I wouldn't buy anything, but I would just spend so much time looking at stuff, you know, like just silly little things just to avoid the realization that I was actually just feeling really shitty. And just sitting there with it and, and yes. exploring it. And even overworking, like oh my picking God. up yes. all of the extra shit. Yeah. 
Like, why was I doing that? Because I was avoiding really sitting with what I was feeling. Mm. Plus, the other thing was I was a people pleaser. Yeah. So totally. <laughs> that didn't help either. Yeah. I think most nurses yeah. are. <laughs> right? I think like most Absolutely. of us are people pleasers and we just yeah, normalize yeah. the behavior. And then, of course, we beat ourselves up behind the scenes when our manager's like, do you want to stay for a double? And you're like, sure. <laughs> and you hate yourself yeah. for it. <laughs> oh my goodness oh, no. oh the joys so let's talk a little bit more about the people that you work with and like the work the amazing work that you do talk to us about what the common kind of themes are of people that come to you that are looking to kind of free themselves from burnout and overwhelm what does that look like for anybody that's listening that's thinking maybe yeah. that's me yeah so i do like a lot of the people that i work with come to me and they're stuck in a rut or they're feeling exhausted and overwhelmed. And it's like the hamster wheel, you know, groundhog day. What am I doing? You know, I've got no energy. And a lot of the work I do is, you know, they're misaligned, mm. they're burnt out, they're overwhelmed. And the course that I wrote was based on my own journey through burnout. And so I, took myself on a 12-month healing journey, essentially. I tried conventional methods and counselling and some other different types of therapy, and I wasn't getting anywhere. So in that two-year period. And so, you know, eventually came a time, one of those dark times where I thought, am I going to die or what am I going to do? I decided in one of those dark moments that I was going to make a change and I was going to, you know, clean up all areas of my life and that included my health my you know my fitness my mindset my relationship with my husband because that too was fractured mm. during burnout and that was the journey that I sort of took myself on through you know multiple different areas a lot of mindset work a lot of subconscious belief work a lot of work around shadows mm. past guilt shame and then sort of self-acceptance and also boundaries. Big big one was boundaries and people-pleasing. And when I addressed all those areas, I started showing up as a different version of me. I'd lost all the weight. I had all of this energy. I felt really positive. And people started to notice what was, you know, there was these big changes going mm. on. My skin was glowing. My eyes were there. I was super crystal clear. So I was handling a lot of the, you know, in the recess room, with just this absolute calmness. And so I wrote all of that into a program and the steps that I had taken. And honestly, a lot of my clients are past projections of me. Mm. You know, they may not be drinking, but they're buffering their life in other ways. And the journey, I guess, that I went on that now my clients go through really helps them shift back into alignment. Mm really helps them to rediscover who they are, you know, not just the nurse or the mum or the partner or, you know, whoever the other titles that they hold, but who are they at their core? What's important to them in life? What do they want in their future? And start, you know, walking towards a life that is really aligned with their goals and dreams. Mm. I love that so much. And what a beautiful gift to yourself to go all in for 12 months, because I'm sure that was not a comfortable 12 months, you know, there'd be a lot of growth, a lot of exploration, a lot of like, 
holy moly. Oh, it was honestly a a journey of ups and downs. And, you know, I think one day I took myself down to the beach as far as I could go away from everyone and I just let it out. Mm. I released it all and I just howled my eyes out. And that was such a pivotal moment for me. So, Yeah. yeah, it wasn't easy, but it was a movement, every step was a a movement Mm. towards, you know, who I am now. And it's so interesting, right? Because like, we want that path to be easy. We like, I hear it all the time. People are like, but you mean I have to do some work to get there? I'm like, yeah, you do. (laughs) Yeah, you do. But it's like, what is it costing you to stay stuck where you are right now versus where you could be like versus where you're going versus what's possible for you as a human first and a nurse second. Like, what is that and how much is that worth? You know, if you were to put a dollar amount on it and to explore that, (sighs) how much would that be worth for each individual, you know? And I think that that's a really great question to explore for anybody listening. You know, what's it costing me? What's it truly costing me to stay where I am right now? Stuck. Indulging. Talk about this a little. Like, it's indulging in confusion and overwhelm. (laughs) We're literally just sitting there in our little stuck part and we're like, but there's nothing else. And there's a whole friggin world out there available to all of us and I think part of I was I felt like and I've shared this before I was waiting for someone to come and make things better you know I was waiting for someone's going to see me someone will see that Michelle's not okay that she's working really hard and she's delivering her all in the emergency department and she's you know managing three kids and supporting her husband in his business someone will see that I'm not doing okay Mm. right and they'll make it better for me. So I kind of sat in that, like what you call that indulgent period, yeah. waiting, like wallowing around in my sadness mm. and pain, and it never happened. Yeah. It, no one came. And I, I had to make that step myself, and I had to know that it was going to be a journey. There was no quick fix. Mm. I love that. And I think that nurses, we're great at, we're amazing humans, right? We do so much, but we're also really great in masking what's truly going on. Because we are the masters of masking our feelings and our emotions. Because day to day, like we can't be breaking down in front of those patients, you know, the families. So we're so good at putting that mask on. And I think that, you know, that's why we sit there and we think, you know, where is everybody? I used to run that story all the time. Where the heck is everybody? Why is no one so concerned? And yeah, like Mel Robbins says, no one's coming. No one is coming. You've got to be your own kind of savior. I love that so much. The other thing that I wanted to touch on there that you talked about was really working through the past for you was sounds like it was really pivotal and like clearing some of that and exploring that and then allowing yourself to rewrite it and then move and create from your future. Talk to us a little bit about that because some people will be like, what's Liam and Michelle been drinking? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's honestly one of my favourite things to do. And, yeah, I love really, you know, we've all got our past. We've all had trauma and sadness and experiences that have affected us somewhat. And nurses, like you say, we're so great at masking Mm. that and we're so great at showing up and looking after everyone and yet we haven't or don't address some of these things. So a big part of my healing was really having a look at what was I holding on to from the past that wasn't serving me and what beliefs did I hold around that about myself, about, you know, my future, about my career as a nurse. And I 
been diagnosed with anxiety when my, my first son was born. He's 17 now. And I thought, well, I've got anxiety. I had medication. You know, it was like a big label mm. that I was kind of stuck on my forehead. And then, you know, I held on to that. I held on to that for a long time. And that really became, you know, part of my Michelle, the nurse, and I've got anxiety and, you know, all of these things. And when I kind of let that go and realized that that didn't have to stay with me mm. or be a part of my life anymore, all of a sudden the anxiety kind of went away. <laughs> like I let go. I'm not, haven't been medicated for eight years. Mm. So there was a lot of stuff that I was able to really look at that is now creating my future. No. So had I have not done that, my future would be very, very different. So I was like, you know, let's clean the slate here. Mm. Let's rewrite that. What's my future going to look like? And another one that I was holding on to was you have to work so hard to get anywhere in life. Yep. That was a big belief that I'd been, you know, imprinted with mm. in my upbringing. And bless my parents. I love them dearly. That was their belief yep. and that was their truth. Right. And I decided, and I've operated like that for 20 years mm. as a nurse, working super hard, picking up all of the shifts, doing all of the weekends and the overtime, that that wasn't going to be my truth anymore. Mm. And so I, I rewrote that. I love that. Yeah. We all have the opportunity to rewrite it. And, and it just takes a, an interaction with someone like yourself, myself, any coach, nurse coach, Jenna, whoever you come across to just offer somebody that opportunity. Some people don't even know that they can rewrite their past. You know, you don't need to keep running that story, especially if it's not serving you. You get to rewrite yeah. it in an empowering way and see what it's given you and the beautiful human that it's created, right? Which is present day human, whoever that might be that's listening. So I love that so much. Let's talk a little bit about abundance because I know this is a big thing. For those of you that are following Michelle on Insta, I lots of amazing posts, lots of inspirational posts, manifestations, abundance, lots of fitness, motivation, love all of the things. But at the moment, abundance is something that you're really leaning into. So tell us like, what is abundance for somebody that's never heard of it before? And why should nurses be, you know, thinking about abundance? Yeah, so abundance to me, and it'll have a different meaning for everyone, but abundance is, you know, living a life in all its risks mm. and living a life, yeah, love mm. that, living a life that is all of the things that you dream of and desire, whether it's freedom, love, fun, joy, wealth, health, success. What are those things that really mean are important to you? And it's creating a life that is filled with all of those things. Yeah. And so part of my journey from, you know, burnout and overwhelm to living a life really in alignment, when I got to that place of alignment and I just thought, wow, like everything's going so well. I've lost all this weight. I'm no longer drinking anymore. My husband's business started to do well. I dropped all of the shifts because I was working up to seven days a week in the middle of my burnout. I pulled back on my shifts. I was, you know, working part-time. My children were doing amazing. Like all of these things started to flow really easily. And I thought, Oh, how can I sort of create, dive into this even more, access more of mm. this? And that's where I got into manifestation yeah. and really co-creating 
with the universe mm. or with the powers above, whatever your belief is, creating a life filled with all of those things. And so I discovered manifestation not long after my journey through burnout. And since then, it's just been like something that I do daily. My husband is now a keen, he loves to manifest, he's better at me now. (laughs) (laughs) And we just all about creating that life that is filled with all of those things that we love Mm. and that means so much to us. And it feels good. It's so amazing. You light up when you talk about it, which just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy because it's so interesting. I think that especially when you're in the pits of burnout, manifestation doesn't even seem like a thing, right? Like it's like, what I can create whatever I want. Hell to the, that's not going to happen because we're very much stuck. But I think, you know, a lot of people do. And I was one of them that thought manifestation was maybe a bit woo woo. It's a bit like, you know, out there. It's a bit like, let's put it out into the universe and see. But the more that I create in my business, the more that I create in my life, the more that I'm like, holy moly, this stuff actually really works. It really does work when you just communicate it to whatever it is, the the external power, and you take the action and you align your beliefs and your thoughts and your, your feelings and your actions towards it. It's inevitable that you'll create the result. And I would love to just question anybody that's listening to the podcast that's like, yeah, right. Like if you've created anything in your life, you've manifested that. Absolutely. Right? I, Everything to date you have manifested yeah, in your life. Yeah, blows my mind. Everything. And I'm just like, these people think that it just happens by luck or by chance or by, you know, fluke. And it's not true. You've created yeah. that result yourself, whether it's good, bad, indifferent. Yeah. And our thoughts create our reality. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, you know the model, yeah. yeah. And you know, our thoughts create our feelings, yeah. which create our actions, which create our results and our and our situation. And my mindset, and this was, you know, during burnout, was I'm stressed and I'm overwhelmed and I have anxiety and life is happening to me and I have to work really hard and I have to do all of these things to please everyone, and then I'll be liked and then I'll be a worthy human being, yeah. right? Yeah. When I changed all that and cleaned all of that up, that's when I went, hang on a minute, how is this, if I change that Mm -hmm. and change those things, then my external reality started to change and I played around with it and played around with it until literally the most craziest things started showing up in my life because I I changed my thoughts. It's phenomenal. Yeah. Hey? I love that you brought that up because that is the secret to the universe, the model. I believe that to be true. I believe that when you understand that your thoughts, the circumstances are neutral, your thoughts create your feelings, your feelings drive your actions, your actions create your results, that you can reclaim all your power back. This is what we teach in all of our coaching programs. It's the fundamentals of what we teach our nurses. And it's fascinating. We've had people come in to get career coaching, to get a graduate program, and they've lost six kilos using the model and understanding that their thoughts were creating their results. And I think what people tend to do, right, and, and we've all done it, we all try and change our actions or we change the circumstance. So we change jobs and expect a different result or we change our behavior and we expect a different result. It's not how it works, right? Like we can have have explored that, that it really comes down to realigning your mindset, looking at what you believe to be true and working through that. So powerful. I'm so glad you brought that up. It is the secret to the universe. Yeah. (laughs) 
We could talk forever, but I'm conscious of your time and want to be respectful of that. So I would love to dive in as we wrap up and explore what it is that you offer people right now. We've touched on it briefly, but talk to us more about what you offer people, how people can find you and how they can connect with you to explore the amazing work that you do. Yeah, so I now work with a lot of nurses. I work with a lot of non-nurses as well and I'll help people through my program, which is the Health and Happiness Formula. So that's my 12-week program, which was the journey that I wrote through my own burnout experience and I also have other coaching containers private coaching and some other short courses but if you're on Instagram I'm over there um, Michelle Gordon underscore coach I also have a podcast which is finding bliss after burnout which you'll be on excited exciting and my website is the healthy Dot com. So you can reach me on any of those platforms or on Facebook as The Healthy Happiness. Amazing. All of that will be in the links below. As we wrap up, is there anything that you want to share with the high-performance nursing community? Any words of wisdom, anything that you wish you had heard You know, during your times of burnout? Anything you want to share with us? Yeah, oh, I love that. Liam, you're providing this platform. And I think there's so many nurses out there that are feeling it now and sharing their own wisdom and their own journeys and creating their life and career. And if you find someone that resonates, mm. you know, that you resonate with, that is that person who you're like, oh, you know, they're nailing it. How are they doing it? Reach out to them and just make contact. And I think there's always opportunity to grow, to have conversation, to learn. And that was something that I hadn't done before. I sort of sat in my mindset of, oh, it's okay for them Mm. because that's their life. And I wish I had of, well, I didn't really at the time have anyone that I was able to follow or or look up to, but just watch what they're doing, (laughs) reach out to them, ask questions and yeah, open yourself up for, you know, expansion and growth. Yeah, all the abundance, invite all of it in. And that applies to people's career, like life and career. You know, we talk about it all the time, but I'm like, go and find these people that are doing what you want to be doing and make it happen, connect yeah. with them, explore and have a chat with them and see if they can help you to get there. So I love that so much. Michelle, thank you so much for your time. It's been amazing having you on the podcast. I'm sure you will be back. We'd love to have you here. All of Michelle's information will be in the note and on our website as well. So make sure that you click through, follow and share the love. And uh, yeah, until next time, everybody stay safe and stay forever curious. We'll see you in the next one. If you've enjoyed listening to this podcast episode, please take a wee minute to leave a review. It would mean the absolute world to me. If you are ready to start taking action in your career and you need some support, why wait? Come and join my private Facebook community. The link is in the show notes below. Within the community, we take what we discuss in this podcast and we put it into action. Currently, I am looking for nurses who are ready to stop playing small and invest in themselves to create the life and the career they want to live. If that sounds like you, then please get in touch. Until next time, thanks for listening. Stay safe and stay forever curious, my nursing friends.